Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our senior pastor, Neil Haney. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. I don't even have a bad joke this morning, so... Uh... I'm sorry, I can't, I can't preach after that. Interesting happen, thing happened on the way to my sermon. Um, I, I preach, uh, no, that's not a joke. I, I preach um, to a group of people on Thursdays. Dennis and I both do. It's a sermon prep team. And, um, you know, usually we're, we're 70 to 80% prepared, and, and so I, I thought I had a pretty good message, and I came, and I, I preached it, and uh, you know how the emperor used to, you know, do thumbs up, thumbs down, and, you know, if it's thumbs down, you got your head cut off or whatever, and uh, Dennis said, and so when Dennis says, you know, then it's back to the drawing board, so uh, um, this is still, th- this sermon is really fresh off the, off the presses, um, but I really believe it's a word from the Lord, and um, we're in a series called uh, Living in His Body, and we've been really emphasizing commitment to the church body, to a church body, uh, connection with a church body, and service to a church body and from the church body, so it's service here but also out there. And we talked a lot about commitment and service, but we've not talked that much about connection. And so, um, you know, I, I went before the Lord, and he kind of pointed that out to me. And, um, and so, um, since Thursday afternoon, I've been thinking a lot and praying a lot and, you know, searching the Scriptures about this whole thing of connection. And um, I've found it to be a little bit of a, a difficult topic because, um, you know, I... I I, I understand what it means to be committed. Uh, I talked about, you know, when I finally got married after three, three uh, tries at, you know, being engaged, I finally made it to the altar and committed to my wife. And we've been married for 32 years, and it's been great. But, but you know, I had commitment anxiety. And so I, I, I kind of get the whole commitment thing that you have to sacrifice things in order to make a commitment. You have to rule out other things in order to dive into to commitment to something. <clears throat> but the dividends of making a commitment are, are just fantastic. You know, I, um, uh, so, so I, I, I talked about that pretty thoroughly. Uh, last week, Dennis talked about, um, you know, the fact that when we come together, uh, and, and this is more of a connection sermon, but when we come together, the Holy Spirit is with us in a way that doesn't happen when we're just by ourselves. And so he kind of started us along that line of, of talking about connection. <clears throat> but, but as I thought about connection, I'm like, you know, Lord, is there really that much in the Word, you know, that talks about connection? And uh, what I discovered as I was kind of researching this was that it's implied everywhere. Uh, and, and my last sermon was on the body of Christ, and I talked about the fact that, that Paul really does believe, or really did believe, and has, you know, when he wrote in every one of his letters to the churches, <clears throat> that he believed, was convinced that 
the church was the literal body of Christ, the resurrected body of Christ on the earth, and that his presence and his power and his ministry was continuing through his church body, which was literally his body, his resurrected body on the earth. Now, we also said that you know, he's resur- he has a resurrected human body that is seated at the right hand of the Father as our high priest. But there's also this other aspect of the body of Christ being, being right here. And so, um, and so I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about um, what, it, what it means to be connected to the body of Christ. And a couple of things immediately came to mind as I thought about that. And I'm going to get to the scripture in a minute because, because Paul does talk about connection to the body in pretty profound ways. And it's implied in everything that he says about the church and the body. In fact, I think Dennis was the one that pointed out that, that when we, we have the word you and when we refer to you, it could mean you or you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now, down south, we have, a, we have a remedy for that. It's either you or y'all. So you or y'all. So, and that's my background. But, um, but we don't have that up here. Well, we can say you guys, I guess. But, you know, we don't tend to do that in the Scripture. You know, you guys. So, you know, Paul wasn't from, he wasn't a southerner or a northerner. So, uh, so when we translate it, you, it's hard to tell if Paul is talking about you specifically in an individual. But, but, but what Dennis pointed out is it's almost always the plural you in Scripture. And so... As I was thinking about connection, I thought, you know, first of all, when Paul's talking about a body, there's, there's some interesting things in terms of body parts being connected to each other. If we're the literal resurrected body of Christ, how does that play out in terms of us as individuals in connection with each other as a body? And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, my little toe really has nothing to do with my ear. It's just, you know, little toe ear, you don't, you don't see... Can, I, I had this weird dream one time that... <laughs> Dennis, don't, don't interpret this, okay? But I, I looked in the mirror, and I, it was like my hand was... I had a hand on where my ear was supposed to be. And I was freaked out, you know, about that. And, and that was a really bad dream because... I. First of all, I was embarrassed, you know, what's a hand doing on the side of my head? But anyway, it was out of place. But you know, uh, my little toe is connected to four other toes, and my ear is connected to my head where there's another ear, and there are my eyes and my nose, and so it's like three, at least three of my senses are connected to my head, right? But my toe, my little toe is connected to my next toe that I... Remember I told you I almost broke the one on the other side on my left foot and it affected my whole body for a while. But anyway, but, but those toes are connected to my foot and that connection helps me walk. And so it's really important that my toes are together, connected to my foot, that's connected to my ankle, so that that whole mechanism helps me walk, helps me stand, helps me keep my balance. And my ears up here with my other ear and my, you know, my senses so that you know, even though they're not connected, 
they're still a part of my body and they're still an important part of my body. And I was thinking that, you know, when, you know, it's, it's really well understood by church growth experts that once you break about 150 and, and, and we've broken the 200 barrier, we're now averaging well above 200 per Sunday. Hallelujah. That's awesome. You know that healthy things grow, right? But what, what we discovered is when we were at 74 years ago, it was easy to know everybody. Everybody knew everybody else. And so when somebody was sick, you know, you were checking in with each other and, you know, talk, you know I mean, Sunday mornings, it was a buzz around here, even though there are only 70 people or, or just a little bit more, a little bit less per Sunday. It was easy to kind of have this little single cell community going on. But when you get above 150, you become a multi-cell church, is what they call that, which means there's no way that you can know everybody over here, and you can't know everybody over here. And so what tends to happen is um, one of two things. You either become disillusioned with church and, and leave because you can't know everybody, or you tend to just gravitate towards certain people. Now... That gets a bad rap in, in that churches can seem very cliquish. Does that make sense? You have a click? Well, my foot, my, my little toe has a click with the rest of my toes and my foot. And it doesn't associate very much with my ear at all. And that's not abnormal. And so it's not necessarily a bad thing that you have a few people in your circle of influence or relationship that you relate to. In fact, that, that's actually very healthy. And in fact, I'm promoting that this morning. Now, I'm going to also say that we need to be very aware of the fact that there are people in our midst that are new, that haven't made connections. And on Sunday mornings, it's not just a time to connect with your circle of friends, as important as that is. And I'm going to be talking about that this morning. But you need to be aware of and actually on the lookout for people who, that you don't know. And, you know, when you get to 200, I, just, just Friday I was in a conversation with somebody, and they said they got to this church through this couple that's been here since February, and I don't know the couple. And I'm the pastor. And I'm like, you met them, or you're here because of these people I don't even know? that love this church and invited you here. And I felt really bad. But I, I'm, I'm trying my best to get to know everybody. But even I, a senior pastor, can't know everybody. And I can't know you really well, even if, if I know you. Because it's just impossible. We can only know so many people. I think that's why Jesus called 12 disciples. He invested in 12 people. And, 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 and became very, very close with them. And then they had their own connections, and, and this thing works that way. And so when, when I'm talking about connection this morning, I, I want you to know that realistically, you can't be connected to everyone in the church, but I really want to encourage you to be connected to somebody or a group of people. And it can be different groups at different times. Personally, I'm connected with, I meet as many mornings as I possibly can from 9 to 10 with a prayer group downstairs. 
But there's a different prayer group that meets on Sunday. And there's a different prayer group that meets on Saturday. And, and I wish that I could be at the one that meets on Saturday more. But right now, I'm, I'm a part of a small group, a connect group that meets on Saturday mornings. And it's been really difficult for me to get there because I'm just a busy guy. I'm a busy pastor, and I have meetings and commitments that I have to. But I really do try to stay connected with people. And um, I was told in seminary that, you know, pastors should never have close friendships within the church because, you know, that can make people jealous. And I'm thinking... That's, that doesn't feel healthy to me. Like, I'm, I'm going to pastor this church, but I can't have any close friends here. I can't hang out with people that I am, 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 am in pastoral leadership with. That, that just didn't set well with me. And you know what I've found is that people tend to be mature enough to understand that I can't be everybody's best friend. And so I'm going to have closer friends than, than, you know, than others in the church even. And that's okay. Because I'm just a human being. That's why I don't want you to call me Pastor Neil. I just want you to refer to me as Neil. Because I'm just like you. I'm a human being. Now, I have a particular calling, a particular role in this body. But so do you. And so, I'm, I'm just like you. As I was, um, as I was getting ready this morning, um, I, I was... Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell something on myself here that, that may be kind of, sound kind of weird, but I drink coffee for the effect. <laughs> I don't drink coffee for the taste. Kevin Booker, who's a missionary from our church, is a coffee snob. And he, he grinds and brews his own coffee, and he, he doesn't use any kind of machine. He has a little... Like screen, and he pours the grinds, you know, in the hot water through the, you know, and every cup of coffee is this way. I'm pretty much brain dead when I wake up in the mornings. My wife is a morning person; I am not. So I get out of bed, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't, I can't find my glasses, you know, and I find my glasses, and where is that cup that I put the water in so I can get to the? And I have a microwave in just outside my bedroom. And I put the, co- the water in the microwave, close it up. I hit 212 because, or 211, and I stop it at 210 so it doesn't beep and wake the girls up upstairs. I stop it with one second left so it only beeps once instead of five times. I open it, and then I've already put the instant stuff, the horrible, horrible, horrible tasting instant. Yeah. Wow. I did not realize the emotional, you know, <laughs> wow, reaction that was going to have. I poured the hot water into this horrible tasting instant coffee. I put some sweetener in there. I stir it up, and I force it down. I mean, I'm drinking it like, you know, just so I can wake up. So why I told that story, I have no idea. Now you hate me even more than you did. But, uh, but I, I've, been, I've done this a thousand times, and there was this, I never noticed that the, the microwave is white, and there was this white piece of paper, laminated, of course, because I laminate everything, um, 
I laminate my driver's license, which is already laminated. No, anyway. And I, I noticed this, and I'm like, what's that doing there? So I'll pull it out, and it's Philip Yancey's uh, Believers to Do, or To Be List, not To Do List, To Be, to be List. And, and I was like, where did this come from? I don't remember ever seeing this before. I certainly don't remember laminating it, although I'm sure I did, because I laminate everything. But point number two is this. Do not attempt this Christian journey alone. Do not attempt this Christian journey alone. We need connection. We need each other. We just do. And I was, I was talking to someone this morning, and I was telling them, oh, I was talking to Money, and Anthrometer. Money, where are you? You back there? Good, because I'm going to need him in a minute. I'm going to tell a story that involves money, because this is... This is super important. But <clears throat> money came to us as a Hindu. I mean, th- this is, I- I'll tell a little bit of this story, and then I'm going to, I'll finish it in a minute. Money came to us, uh, as a matter of fact, his girlfriend was going to church here, and a very short little relationship, because I think they only dated like a month. But she brought him here, and then she... <laughs> She ended up breaking up with him, and or they somehow they broke up, and she started dating somebody and got married and moved away, and he stayed, and he wasn't a Christian; he was a Hindu. But he ended up be, becoming a part of my family, and um, uh, several months. I mean, he would come over. Money was so Indian that he would come over to our house and sit in the floor while we sat on the couch and talked to us. He'd sit cross-legged on the floor like they do in India, I guess, and, and talk to us. He wouldn't eat meat. You know, we couldn't serve him hamburgers and stuff. But anyway, but he kept hanging around with us. And one lonely Valentine's Day, he's really lonely, and he decides that he needs a friend. And so he discovered Jesus. He, he actually prayed the prayer and asked Jesus into his heart. And he became a Christian. So he keeps hanging around with us, and, and I remember <laughs> Dev and I, I mean, he became like our oldest son, and literally, I mean, literally, he became a part of our family, and he was like our oldest son. We actually took money with us to my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. They live in uh, Arkansas, and we actually took money with us to their anniversary, and my brother wasn't really okay with this. Money, you don't know this, but he pulled me aside. He's like, what's this Indian dude doing in our family? You know, I was like, it's a long story, you know, I won't bore you with it, just go with it, you know. But, uh, sorry about that money, I'm sure that's hurtful. Um, <laughs> but I remember Deb had a horse, and we boarded it in Terry Hut, Ohio, which is just, you know, like, kind of on the other, towards St. Paris. You know, it's, it's, it's spelled the same as, as Terre Haute, Indiana. But because it's in Ohio, it's Terry Hut. Anyway, and um, we're just not as classy as Indiana. But anyway, we were boarding a horse out that, and, and it had a, like a, a lot of room. And so we, Wes was like grade school, and we took a football. And uh, so they were throwing the football, and, and we were walking around. You know, uh, we'd gone to see the horse. And we were walking down this trail, and we're seeing money throw the football to Wes. And he's like, Wes was like his kid brother. And, and I turned to Deb and I said, 
when did we have this oldest kid? I don't, I don't remember this happening. Like, like he's not the same shade as we are, and, and you know, he's, but he's our kid. You know, when did that happen? And it was just so cool to have money be a part of our family. And, of course, we knew him when he was single, and, you know, we'd take him to Christmas and Thanksgiving with us in Columbus, and it just be, he became a part of us. And then he met Denise, and now he has his own family. And I was throwing the football with Zane yesterday, and I was thinking the irony of the fact that, you know, money and Denise had us over for dinner with, with Lily's parents, and there, we have this big family together and it feels like family, because it is. And I'm throwing the football with Zane, and he's older than Wes was when he and Money were throwing the football. And as we were leaving last night, uh, and Money has become this, this incredible man of God. And he's been a worship leader, and now he and Wes lead worship together. And uh, he's just so much a part of our church. And a couple of things when our church was really doing not well, and we were down under, you know, under 100 people, we were down around 70 people, I, w- I was having people come to me on a regular basis telling me that they were either leaving or they would just disappear and I wouldn't see them again. And Monday and Denise asked for an appointment with me, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Like my stomach just knotted up. It's like they're, gonna, they're leaving. And so they came and met with me, and they said, Neil, we're not blind. We realize that things aren't going that great right now with our church. But we just want you to know that we are committed to you and we're committed to this church and we're not going anywhere. And that, yeah, that meant the world to me. I, I can't tell you what that meant to me. That, that just, it, it kind of, it was like a, a healing balm to my soul at that point. And they have hung in here. And uh, I've watched them have kids, and their kids grow up. And, and uh, last night I just, but, but it was kind of funny. As, I was, as we were getting ready to leave, Deb and I and, and Lindsay were leaving because uh, I had to come here and work on my sermon <laughs> that wasn't finished yet. And um, as we were saying goodbye, I couldn't find Money and, and Wes. And I realized that Money, had, they had finished their basement recently at their house, and Money had taken us downstairs to kind of show us the, the, the finished basement, and I came back, up, back upstairs, and I was interacting with different people, you know, and I, I was going to say goodbye, and I realized that Money and Wes, I didn't find them, and so I, I went back downstairs, and they're just laying on the couch, hanging out, talking to each other, and they're grown men, and they have this brother relationship. Now it's not annoying kid brother, older brother. It's two brothers that just love each other and just hanging out talking, about Star Wars movies. But that blessed my heart so much, I can't tell you. It's just, and that's just one story. That's just one story of one person that, that came and connected with our church. And here's the punchline for me. There have been young men, and I'll just focus on that this morning for this moment. There have been young men that have come to our church that have that have been either young Christians or just coming to Christ, and they couldn't quite commit. They would be here, and then they'd be gone. And then they'd be back, and then they'd be gone. And the reason they would come back is life got really bad.
bad again and really tough again. And they would come back and they would cry and, they, and we would preach and they would come to the altar and they would recommit their lives. And, and then they would, and I remember this one young man, I just love this guy. He actually lived with me for a few months when I was still single. And um, uh, I would take in strays sometimes when I was, before, you know, Deb said I couldn't do that anymore. But, um, it, you know, better for me anyway. But, but I took this young man in, and uh, he had an alcohol problem. And he would try to repent, and he would try to break from his addiction. But he wouldn't stay in the church, and he wouldn't build relationships with people. And so, um, you know, it, it, you know, I remember we were sitting in Phil's office, and he said, look, he said, if you would just hang around this place for a while and get connected he said, I really believe your life would change. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. But he couldn't do it. And I don't know where he is now. The last time I heard from him, he was not doing In fact, I think he was about to go to prison, honestly, for some stupid thing that he had done while he was drunk. But he couldn't commit to stick. He couldn't commit to build relationships and connect. And he didn't do what Phil said to do. But, there's, but, but money did. He hung around. He got saved. He, he grew up. He, he's become a, a, an incredible man of God. And his kids are some of the best kids I've ever known. They love Jesus. And uh, they're, they're cornerstones in our youth group, you know. And, and Money and Denise are, are just an incredible couple. And I've never seen a man love his wife more than, than Money loves Denise. And, and uh, you know, I just love seeing that kind of thing happen. And so I've asked Money to come and just share a couple of things about connection that, that um, you know, what, what connection has meant to him. So I'm going to grab the mic here, and I'm just going to ask him to come up and share. Come on up, Bo. Here you go. You're on, I think. Hey, guys. <laughs> so number one is I drink real coffee. <laughs> so uh so the two things neil wanted me to keep it short so <laughs> well. um two things uh that came to my mind um one i talked to my wife my precious wife by the way and yeah, denise just wave your hand back there we yeah we went there, there you, you go, go. Yeah. um yeah, yeah she's she, awesome yep she keeps me in line. Yeah. Um, two things that comes to my mind. One is pilgrimage, or she termed it journey. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. And second thing is safety. Yeah. So I'm going to tell on myself, just like you did. Go for it. So this is my first time I'm taking Denise on a, on a date. Um, you don't know about this, but... I'm telling her a story. So Neil said that he accepted uh, me into his family, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's for real. For real, they accepted me into this family, and this, this will show you why. So <laughs> Lindsay was, I can't remember how old she was, but she was probably grade school. Grade school. Yeah. And she was supposed to present somebody at her school as uh, a representative, and their uh, family chose me to be that representative that day at the school. So <laughs> I'm supposed to be there. So I'm, oh, yeah. So I'm supposed to be this guy 
that is supposed to be responsible, big brother, and supposed to be there for my sister, right? So what did this guy do? Ooh, googly eye, totally forgot because I had made so many commitments and completely forgot and wasn't there. I was supposed to be there for Lindsay. Mm. So two-pronged things is happening. Number one, I let my family down, and I'm telling this to the to-be girlfriend on my first date. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? So... <laughs> and she still married you. I can't believe and she it. still married me. And she, is, she still remembers to this day. So this is happening. So what that told me was um, the commitment in Jesus and our family that continues to be the same Jesus to this day. Mm. And will never stop. Yeah, amen. I... I have seen that, and on the other side with my wife now, she decided to show the same Jesus that their family has instilled in her. And she continues. That commitment is numero uno in her. Yeah, that's good. So that has shaped me, even though they're saying, I did this, I didn't do any of this. I attribute it to Jesus that flows through Neil and their family, and I have no idea. That's, that's just one person. There's so many. Uh, Barker, um, Dennis now. I mean, so many people over time. Wesley, oh my gosh. If he's saying, I, he, I'm the annoying brother, not him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'm able to pilgrim my life along with yeah. this amazing family. I know it's just a minute that I'm sharing, but this has reverberated through my entire life here. Mm, mm. So I pray that as I share this today, um, there was a point when the bookers, oh my gosh, how much impact they've had on my life. It's amazing. But when they left to go to China to be missionaries, I was so overcome by, I was mourning because my, some of my best friends are leaving. Brothers and family are leaving. But they sh- said something didn't make sense to me. They said, like, now you got to be us for mm-hmm. somebody else. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't make sense to me back then. Yeah. So it just made me think of the woman at the well. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when Jesus says, I mean, she saw Jesus the way she did. <laughs> Even at her state, she couldn't refuse and deny who Jesus was and had mm-hmm. to go do it yeah. to her people like she yep. had to go she say to go oh my god this yeah. person knows everything about me yeah yeah i mean yeah. so it wasn't a hard decision for denise and i to do what we did with neil that day it's not because of us it's because of what it happens every day mm-hmm. since the time we met them to now so <laughs> i pray you, that if you hear anything yeah. that you take that jesus with you everywhere you go when you go amen amen, amen bro. thank you man love you mm. And that's just one. I mean, you know, the kingdom of God is made up of relationships. Yeah, Dennis, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, so let me read a scripture, uh, actually two scriptures. And um, I keep coming back to the scripture in Ephesians 4 because it, it, there's just so much there that Paul is saying. But I want you to hear the underlying connection piece here this morning as I read this. I'm, I'm going to read two scriptures. One is Ephesians 4, and it's just the first three and a half verses. 
And I think it's, we have this here. Paul, again, he's, he's presented the gospel. He's, for three chapters, he's talked about how Jesus has come here and taken our sin and gone to the cross and removed our sin from us on the cross. He's died in our place for all our sin and all our guilt and that our sins are now, as we put our faith in him, are forgiven forever. And how he, not only did he go to the cross for us, but he took us with him and he died, we died with him, we've been raised with him to live a new life in the spirit. That's the other part of the gospel that you know, we need to talk more about is the fact that not only did he die for us, but we died with him as our human representative. And, and we have been buried with him and raised with him to live a new life in the spirit. And so we have the Holy Spirit. And the reason that we can have the kind of fellowship and connections that we have is because the spirit in you and the spirit in me are connecting. And we need to take advantage of that. And this is exactly what Paul is talking about in these two scriptures. So he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Now, how is that lived out? It's lived out in relationship. Listen to this. Be completely humble and gentle. Now, if I'm just out here doing the Lone Ranger Christian thing by myself, am I supposed to be humble and gentle with myself? That doesn't even make sense. Humility can only be expressed in relationship. Gentleness can only be expressed in relationship. Be patient. There's one. Yeah. Dennis's poem that he shared, uh, to live above with saints we love, now that would be glory, but to live below with saints we know, now that's another story. We have to be patient with each other. We really do. Bearing with one another. What does that mean? That means I put up with you, and you put up with me, and sometimes that's not easy. I was thinking about this when I was talking about the body parts. What if my nose was where my big toe is? That'd be kind of hard, wouldn't it? You know, my nose is stuck in there with my other toes and my foot in a sock, in a shoe. No wonder it's up here and not down there. So anyway... But, you know, it, it, we have to be with each other and, and, and bear with each other and be patient with each other as if that were the case. Because sometimes we, we're not easy to be around. And uh, I, I wish that weren't the case, but, but we still struggle sometimes to be loving, to be caring, to be understanding. Sometimes we say things that are hurtful, do things that are hurtful. Uh, and we have to bear with one another, be patient with one another. But it's all in relationship. And then he says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Your Spirit, the Spirit in you, the Spirit in me, we need to keep that unity. And the bond of peace, we need to be at peace with each other. And so, guys, it's, it's, it's really important that we are forgiving. And, and, in fact, it says he says here in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. You would think that Paul thought it was a little bit difficult to sometimes get along with each other as Christians. And it is. But it's no excuse because we're supposed to live like this. But it's super important that we stay connected with each other. And, and we, like I said, we can't stay connected with everybody, but it's super important that you stay connected with people in your life. Let me, let me just share this. Um, Stephen Linda Fry came into our lives 
around the time that we got married. Deb and I have been married 32 years. I think we'd been married a year or two when they came here. I think they came here just as we were moving into this. We, we used to meet in where the kids' wing was. And this, we got married in 91. The sanctuary was finished in 92. And so we started worshiping and meeting in here in 92. And Stephen Linda, that was about the time that Stephen Linda Fry came to our church. And um, they, they got involved immediately in a small group, and they started leading a small group very soon and led a small group for like 30 years. And um, one of the things that they did was they made sure that Deb and I were loved and taken care of. It was just amazing. They're, they're a few years older than us, and, um, and, and, and they kind of became our big brother and big sister. And I remember, um, it seemed like 25 years ago or so, they decided that October would be Pastor Appreciation Month. I don't know why that is, but anyway, Steve came to me and said, hey, Linda and I want to, as, as our way of expressing our appreciation for you, we want to take you out to dinner. And, you know, we buy, you pick the place, we buy. And so, you know, we picked the most expensive place in town. And, and you know, anyway, but every year since then, that's been our routine. You know, in early October, Steve always comes to me and says, now remember, this is October. And, you know, and, um, but then in 2012, when, when I went through my really bad year, they tracked with us. Uh, is it already that time? Wow. They tracked with us. They, every Sunday night, we went to Wendy's for months, and, and they, they just checked in with us. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's going on? How, how's your marriage? Do you feel like you're going to be able to come back? You know, do you, they, they, were just, they were loving on us. They were connecting with us, and I just love and appreciate that so much. And the second scripture that I'm going to share, and then, and then I'll wrap this up, Paul says in, in Philippians 2, He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement for being united with Christ, if anything, if if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. That's, man, that is, that's community, that's connection, that is, that is relationship. And he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And I can sum this up in three statements from this hymn that he quotes from here in, in, in uh, Philippians 6 through 11. He says, he, Jesus made himself nothing. He took the very, very nature of a servant, and he humbled himself. That's what we need to do, guys. And so I, I want to make this last kind of challenge to you. You know, we connect with each other in ministry, in prayer groups, in connect groups, in, um, in just reaching out and loving each other on Sunday mornings and, and, and getting together during the week. I, I've heard that there's now a chess club that's happening with Gene Kelly and, 
and, and, and, and Terry, uh, you know, you guys are getting together at Scouts and, and, and having this, you know, you're playing chess and you're bringing other people. I love that. Just any way that you can develop and, and build relationships, look for people that you don't know on Sunday morning and connect with them. And I want to give you permission to say to somebody, I, I should, I don't, rem- I don't know if we've met, maybe we have, maybe we haven't. Please forgive me, I have a bad memory, because I do. I don't remember your name if we've met. Please tell me again. And then, you know, just be vulnerable. And, because we all have that problem. We, we, we all have problems remembering names. And so it's okay to say, I've, if we've met, I don't remember. And if, if you've said your name, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Please tell me again. But get to know someone you don't know. But look for people to connect with. And, and I want to say this, we have a responsibility to make people feel loved and welcomed here. And we do that pretty well. But if you're new here, you also have a, re- a responsibility to get to know the people that are, that are around you. And so I challenge you to step out of your comfort zone and introduce yourself to people that, that go to our church. You know, they may have been here for a month or 14 years. It doesn't matter. But we need to make connections with each other and build relationships with each other. And it's okay to have a few friends here. You don't have to know everybody. Uh, we're not going to accuse you of being in a clique if you have a few close friends in the body. But that's how you stay connected. So if you're a, you're a toe, be a toe with other toes. If you're an ear, be an ear with the eyes and mouth, you know. But, but, but connect with each other. Let me pray. Father, um, I just thank you for this church body. And I thank you that there are so many wonderful people in this church body. And Lord, I didn't say half of what I had to say this morning, so maybe I'll finish this later. But Lord, help us connect with each other. Help us build relationships. We only get to journey through this life with so many people. And I pray that we will connect, that we will be in pilgrimage with each other. We can have safe relationships. And and when, when they're not safe, that we can bear with one another, forgive one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, but that we can build friendships in this body. Because that's how, that's the glue that keeps us together. And Lord, I just pray that you'll You'll help each person do that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.